Who wants, Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now, it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Chat, Coffee with Mike. Uh, hanging out with this gentleman here. Uh, his name is Heath Schneider. Um, I brought him on the podcast a couple of reasons. One, we're good friends, have been for quite a few years now. Um, we, we actually met through LinkedIn by chance. Um, and, and before I get into that, he thanks for thanks for coming and hanging out with me. I really appreciate it, brother. My pleasure, Michael. Good to see you again, buddy. Good, yeah. So I I got to tell the story of how we met because it's hilarious. Um, I, everybody knows that I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active there, and I've been doing some prospecting. And I get a message back, um, some somebody that wrote back and said, "Hey, I have this liquor brand that I could use some help with." And I'm my mind immediately races. Who did you? What, what liquor brand did you ever message? I mean, what, what the hell is this all about? <laughs> and I, I so we, we got on the phone and, and he happens to be in the mortgage industry, which I was also in, which is like, okay, I get it. Wait, you got a liquor brand? What? <laughs> You're a mortgage, dude. <laughs> yeah. so, um, it was like, talk about left field. This was football, not baseball any longer. I mean, <laughs> Um, come to find out that um, he's an excellent gentleman from originally from Iowa, um, actually lives here in Las Vegas. Uh, now has been here for over 20 years, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, 32 years. Yeah, yeah. So he's seen a lot change here, a lot more than I have. I've only been here since 04. Um, but at, that was our first conversation was, hey, maybe we can do something together and we did for a while and we went our ways, but we've always been friends. His story, as far as the, the, the company that he has, the, it's, a, it's a rye spirit, 100%. It's beautiful. It's my preferred, like, I used to drink a lot of different things when I drank. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I've become one of the loyalists. I will carry the banner. I'll throw magnets on my car, whatever he wants me to do. Um, but it's because part of, part of it is because of the story. Uh, and that's what we're going to be sharing here today. Uh, we always love to have our guests introduce themselves. So take it back to Iowa, brother. How, how did, how, how did you get to today? I mean, what, what's, what's your story? Oh, uh, an interesting <laughs> story for sure. At least that's what people tell me. Um, I went to school in Iowa. I'm from a German Catholic family in, in the middle of Iowa. Uh, we always used to joke my grandmother had to ride in horse and buggy 30 miles to meet someone she wasn't related to. So, oh my goodness, uh, kind of the way uh, German Catholics lived in Iowa and to a certain extent live the, today. You know, you yeah. still go back to that area. And I meet so many people that I'm related to that I kind of am glad I left. You know, it's just <laughs> a little too close, you know, a little too familiar. But, uh, the uh, the factory I'm affiliated with is in Iowa, in Carroll County, Iowa, where my whole story, my whole family, all the way into the late 1800s hails from. And uh, my grandfather, my great grandfather, was a German immigrant. Uh, he uh, moved into a town called Templeton, Iowa. Uh, Templeton, Iowa, was very famous for rye during Prohibition pretty much from the 20s all the way even to today, uh, the, the town of Templeton, who was known for making a world-class rye, um, made it during Prohibition. And they were so bold about making it during Prohibition that they hung a, a jug over <laughs> Main Street during Prohibition and put Xmas spirits on the jug as kind of a joke. And the feds didn't take it as a joke at all. I mean, they came down hard from other counties. And I mean, the town was behind it. The priest cooked in the rectory and in the basement of the church, you know, again, during Prohibition. And I mean, at that time, and people 
probably don't put all this together, but we were between World War One and World War Two. So I mean, they, they were putting nooses around Germans' necks for yeah. church and Catholic church in German. I mean, this yeah. is a fact. You can look it up. They burned down the German newspaper yep. in a town of Denison, Iowa. And my family was dead square in the middle of all this. You know, during Prohibition, my grandmother uh, was doing what she could do to feed some kids, you know, three, four kids at the time. Uh, she was married to my grandfather in the early 30s. And in the early 30s, you couldn't sell chickens, hogs, cattle. I mean, you could, but you get a penny an egg. You could, you, you better to take them home and, and eat them. Yeah. And yep. So in order to feed and close her family, my grandma got into business with a guy named Joe Earlbeck, who pretty much ran the Templeton Rye Whiskey Syndication in Templeton, Iowa. And my grandmother was one of the last farmers to house the bootlegger. I recently found out his name is Wormy Schoenfeld. Wormy. Another German. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he in, yeah, it's crazy. He lived in my grandma's attic six days a week, went out and cooked whiskey all six days, went home on Sundays for church because you didn't work on Sundays. And uh, I mean, that went on for almost a year from what I can sense, because, you know, we're going back in time and trying to figure all this out. Right. You know, we found the barn, we found the burn mark, we found where my grandfather painted his name on the wall. We found her still, you know, yeah. you know, we, we actually had dogs in a field searching for barrels because my grandfather allegedly buried some barrels when there was a raid taking place because the feds were raiding into Carroll County from other counties for 10 years. Oh, yeah. they, they were dead set on stopping the German Catholics from making liquor and the German Catholics were dead set on doing it. <laughs> so in some weird twist of fashion, my grandmother, who was a fantastic cook, she probably made the best bread I've ever eaten in my life. You know, 12 loaves every Sunday and, uh, or excuse me, it was Sunday or Monday, 12 loaves that would last them through the week. And a lot of people don't know, but making bread and making whiskey are pretty darn similar. You know, I mean, you, you know, our recipe is water, sugar, rye, and yeast. Uh, that is the recipe that made the town of Templeton, Iowa famous. Yeah. Um, as you know, I didn't drink at all before yeah. I found my grandma's recipe. And candidly, I went in thinking, oh, it'd be neat to try it, even though I don't drink, I'll have a sip, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, I don't drink because I don't have the time to lose, you know, I, yeah. Have, yeah. I yeah. can't give up a day. So I was really dreading the effects after having, I got pretty, I got pretty drunk, you know, you go to a distillery and meet a guy named Whiskey Rich, and he starts pouring samples down your throat, you know, <laughs> When in Rome, you know, yeah, 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 so had a few too many, I suppose. Went out and <laughs> had a little dinner, and strangely, did not feel ill like I do with beer, like I do with wine, like I do with other liquor. And I'm talking about, I wouldn't say violently ill, but somewhere between violently ill and, and not feeling well. Yeah, and I was just amazed because I've always felt ostracized that I couldn't drink. You know, you, you walk up to the bar, you're with friends, everybody's drinking, like, hey, what can I buy you? And it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't drink. And people are like, oh, you're one of those guys. I'm like, no, it's not like I care. It's not like I don't want to drink. I'd love to drink. But how I feel afterwards is just so horrible. I just, yeah. I'm just not interested. So this, this gave me the license to have a drink once in a while. Not, not you know, not go over, overboard crazy, but to have a drink. So now my biggest problem is when I go to a bar and they're like, hey, can you, you want a drink? And I'm like, hey, well, do you carry Iowa legendary rye or sextro rye? And they're like, sometimes yes, sometimes no. But when it's yes, I'm tickled to death because I can actually have fun. Yeah. My buddies. Yeah. Pay for it later. And I, I think that's because the recipe is a, a barn to bottle recipe. You know, the, the company that I promote. So I'm not an owner of the company in any way. I basically promote the company because it's my grandma's recipe 
and I lend them money because I believe in what they do and I believe it's got a place in history. I mean, it was world famous um, in Iowa. And if, you, um, if you're Catholic or if you know the Catholic process, um, it was a funny joke with the Burlington Railroad employees that it was the sign of the cross as far as the Burlington Railroad was St. Paul, St. Louis, Omaha, Chicago. That was the Burling Railroad. And if you look at it on a map, it's the sign of the cross. So in the Burlington Railroad, they called it the sign of the cross. Well, that railroad passes through my grandparents' backyard. Well, that was the distribution channel. They'd stop those trains, put barrels on, and ship them up to St. Paul, ship them down to St. Louis, ship them over to Chicago, and ship them over to Omaha. And that's how my grandma's recipe became world famous. And that's how that town became world famous. So that's my story. And I'm just out here trying to bring it back to the public because I think it's exceptional. I think it tastes great. And um, I feel that uh, my, I, I owe this to my grandma because this story has been told. If you haven't heard of this story, then you're living under a rock because a, a, a brand buys product from what I call the death star of liquor, MGP, and puts it in bottles and uses that story to sell their product. And I think that's absolutely 100% the definition of a tragedy. So yeah. I'm trying to take my history back, man. I, I, think, I think my grandmother looks down on me, uh, leads me, puts people in my, in my, in my uh, I don't wanna say in my way, but you know, I meet people as I need them. And I'm out here trying to uh, bring my grandma's uh, history back and give her the credit she's due because we're talking about a woman who didn't do this to get rich, right? She did it to feed her kids. Yeah, and she made a hell of a recipe. If you have not, I know you have, Michael, but anybody watching this, if you have not tried Iowa Legendary Rye or Sextro Rye, depending on the state you live in, I'm telling you right now, even if you don't drink, try a Bloody Mary, try a pink lemonade, or just try it neat. It will be like nothing else you've ever had, not just from a taste and a mouthfeel perspective, but from a how you feel during and after, because the company doesn't use chemicals, it doesn't malt grains, it does it old school, and it's a recipe that is world famous, alleged to be Al Capone's favorite whiskey, but not the story they're using, the actual recipe that made that town famous. So that's my, that's what I'm doing in, in, in my backstory. I'll do some backfill with you because um... I remember portions of the story uh, with regards to you and how you got involved. Um, and and I, I want everybody to have a real clear picture as to how this all came to be because you're here. And while you're, you had like literally left Iowa, intentionally left Iowa behind. So you had no real, other than a call with your sister and brothers here and there and your cousins, fairly rare connection. Um, how you got pulled back in in and of itself was already a cool story. Um, and just, just so again, so everybody understands, Keith works in finance. That's his, that's his livelihood. He works as a, he's, he's like basically a, a, I think, believe a national sales director for, for a mortgage company. And is consistently, I, I was actually kind of surprised when I said, you have any uh, uh, hard stops? He's like, nope, not today. I'm like, really? How unusual, it's Friday. <laughs> Friday's usually when he's like, you ain't getting him <laughs> for anything. <laughs> He'll text you, but that's about it. Um, he's just that busy. And in the midst of that, you got a phone call. You want to share what that went like? Well, are you talking about the phone call? Um, With Rich? Yeah. So Rich got Rich's family. Rich Acres is a fifth-generation bootlegger. His family is bootlegged. Uh, liquor for five generations. And by the way, guys, there's a there's a whole bunch of comedy strung out through all of this. So as we tell the story, you're going to catch little little bits and pieces um, of how this all went down, and you're going to sit there and go, "It's fucking impossible. How did this even happen?" <laughs> no, it's divine intervention. I'm telling you, you don't believe in what happened. Your past haunts you in the in the present and yep. perhaps in the future. 
you just got to hear my story because it's if it weren't so it's just there's too many coincidences to call it coincidence and it's what drives me you know i mean it you have to be driven to do what i do uh full-time finance national director for a finance company running a team of real estate agents and then on top of that trying to launch a national or international brand is no small feat yeah it is definitely me getting on the phone with whiskey rich they had a website and they were talking about my grandmother on the website unbeknownst to me and they were spelling her name wrong which i kind of took exception to i'm like geez if you're <laughs> why wouldn't you <laughs> you know my grandma is the og of of rye made in templeton yeah you probably get her name right so you know that's what drove me into that place i was going back for a family reunion you know that's what iowa german catholics do you go yeah. back to iowa and family reunion uh 39 cousins Jeez. you know um and you know we did that our whole youth family reunions that was sure. the thing that's that's so, big for clients too hey, we do yeah. it every once in a while as well yeah so i go back and part of that going back i stop into the distillery and i i meet whiskey rich and i'm kind of there in an adversarial tone because he's spelling my grandma's name wrong and you know, I mean, at the least, if you're going to use my grandma's recipe, which I don't know if it's my grandma's recipe or not, you know, I figure that out later. Yeah. If you're going to do it, you should probably spell her name right. So we got through that and he had levity and we both laughed about it. And then obviously he overserved me and overpoured me and we started yucking it up. And uh, <laughs> we end up comparing my grandma's recipe, which she had written down yeah. to his recipe. And it's the same. Oh, it's the same, which is shocking because we didn't think my grandma had shared her recipe with anyone, but through friends of friends, you know, everything by Iowa standards, uh, all about networking. Grandma, well, she is in her nineties wow. and brought their recipe to her and they're like, well, what do we got? Right. What do we got? She's like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> they just didn't have it right, but she straightened them out. And then they started making that recipe and it won 19 international spirits awards against distilleries that are valued in the billions yeah. and they're out there whooping ass excuse my french with a with a 2500 still that makes four gallons at a time you know it's a proprietary still it's actually a still that was made by a machine shop in carroll that mimics my grandma's still with antique marbles in it and removable copper inserts and a pot reflux. I mean, it's just out of nowhere. You know, no one makes stills like this, but I got to tell you what comes out the end of that thing, you know, to have a little old hole in the wall distillery in the middle of Iowa, making product that's whooping ass on, on an international spirits competition, you know, taking down big names. Oh yeah. And, it, it it just it's like out of storybooks michael so when you know, when i, I had when i had that when i had the pleasure of working with you um for the time that we did I, I got to see some of those come through and it was even though i'm not from iowa you know being a small town hawaiian boy or an island boy if you will it was always both awe-inspiring and pride instilling to see those things happen you know some of the competitions that we that that you won, we still thinking we isn't that wonderful. Some of the competitions that you won, I looked at the awards and I'm like, yeah, there were some real big names throwing their stuff in there, and we were dousing a double golds. Uh, what was the other one? I think we got one that was above a double gold, like in, in a whole bunch of those, and then regular golds and all that kind of stuff. It just kept winning awards, and as we were pushing out on it, um, in fact, it took. Uh, it's taken a few absolute categories. When we went down to Pasadena, when I was with uh, that one, day, uh, guys, they have a white, unaged rye that Heath and I both love. I mean, we could sit down and drink that one alone all day. Um, people look at us and go, "Was it moonshine?" It's like, no, it's rye. It's it's really rye. And it was the, and they have an aged version. They call it Black Label. And which one won the competition for 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 best whiskey in the category? The white. Yeah. I was sitting here going, 
It's not a whiskey. <laughs> yeah, LA, uh, the LA spirits, uh, best in category. Um, I mean, I, it, it, it's just hard to believe that a, a, a barn recipe out of Iowa made four gallons at a time is one, the Denver's, uh, you know, double golden, the Denver wine and spirit, 50 best rise, LA spirits. Um, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Um, oh, all day. We're actually in the uh, tag awards this, this weekend at the Delano. Okay. And, um, Tony, who is the master mixologist at Libertine Social, put us on the cocktail menu for a craft cocktail. And Tony, I mean, I'm trying to use names here, so I'll leave his last name out, but you can find him at Libertine Social. We're on the cocktail menu. He made a cocktail with it. And he could make a cocktail with anything, anything. There's he's, one of, he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's one of those he's, guys. Uh, he's, he's, he, he was brought in by Steve Wynn to be the master mixologist at the Bellagio when he opened the Bellagio, and the yep. Bellagio was a big deal. Yep. So to have that cocktail there, it's black label. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it this week. He, he, we've been going back and forth on it. But we entered in the TAG Awards. I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they'll recognize it for what it is. But here's the thing, Michael, and this is so important. This is a piece of American history. It's from 1932, and it's like being put in a time machine and being shipped back to the streets of Templeton, Iowa, a little town of 350 people, mm -hmm. being able to try something that became world famous out of just a little nowhere nothing town where my grandparents happened to you know, find themselves and became part of folklore in the rye, you know, in the rye liquor business. Yep. And it became so famous that <clears throat> Chicago syndication came down in trucks on dirt roads from Chicago to get this liquor and to yep. take it out to Chicago. And it was, it was su supposed to be Al's favorite gift. You know, Uncle Al, Al Capone, said that this was the best if you could get it. The trick was it usually didn't get out of the region because people would drink it up before it got out. But, you know, now... You know, I mean, the now, flavor and stuff, it's like, you look at yeah. it and it's like, it's just... A, and, guys, if you haven't seen the bottle, the bottles look like the same kind of bottles you would have got back in that time, too. So it's a real... The, the, the labels are beautiful. The, the bottles are beautiful. Spirit inside is absolutely beautiful. I mean, you, you you can't go wrong looking at this, and it's just like, like he said, you got a piece of history. The bottles are the same kind of bottles you would have got back in the day. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah, it's a I beautiful. It's the best whiskey that no, not many people know about, but that's my job. You know, that's where I was brought in. That's why all these weird twists of fate put me where I am and have me doing what I'm doing. And and honestly, take every every dollar. I make in finance, I put it into lending to Iowa Legendary Rye because you can't create a national brand without having a mountain of product behind you. Yeah. You know, when it becomes popular, you need product. Thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of bottles when it happens. Yeah. Yep. You can see my, uh, my life savings in loans to Iowa Legendary Rye behind my shoulders here. And that's but about that's probably a quarter, a quarter of that that's not even a quarter of the recovery. <laughs> yeah yeah but i believe in it that much i i truly believe in it that much and i'm taking my history back i got a real i got a real axe to grind with the company that took the story sourced the product got caught taking the yeah. story like yeah. legally got caught they got sued and they lost Got Successfully, caught. Five million dollar lawsuit for deceptive trade practice, Jeez. and they still use the story. That's not cool. No, and I'm not cool with it. So I, I, you know, when I go back to Templeton and look at that thirty-five million dollar bottling, a bottling facility that's still using my grandma's story, and for that matter, using that town story. Yeah, there's ten families that made. The rye that made Templeton famous, there's 10 families. My family was probably the last and the only one who didn't get busted. Luckily, not 
they just got the wrong farm when they went to bust my family, my grandma and grandpa. But um, I'm on a mission to take that story back because it's a great story. It's a great product. And it'd be one thing if nobody used the story, but to use the story and source the product and continue down the path and have a 12 year, have a six year, have an eight. How do you have a 12 year bootleggers recipe? There ain't a bootlegger on the planet that saved barrels for 12 years. You'd be lucky to save them for 12 months yeah. because it's 15 gallon barrel. It's ready in 12 to 18 months. It that was a whole point. Yeah. It takes sugar in the mash bill. None of that is true with the brand that's using the Templeton story. And it's my mission. It is what I will do before I'm gone to set the record straight. Good. Well, yep. And we'll, we'll keep talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. Guys, we're going to take a short 30 second break. We'll come back. We'll continue this because there's a lot more to this that's going on and has been going on. And some of the things that, um, some of the things that he's been doing to overcome. So, Back in 30 seconds. Welcome back. Jack Cocker, Mike here with Heath Schneider, the grandson of the famous bootlegger of Carroll County, who now um, passionately promotes uh, a company called Iowa Legendary Rye. And we were just, we were just talking on the break. Uh, it's interesting. Everybody talks about what inspires you, what drives you, what gets you moving in the morning. And he was kind of talking about, you know, the, the reasoning behind what he's trying to get done has given him the, the 3 a.m. wake ups. Um, for those of you that have ever woken up in the morning just going, shit, I can't, I can't do this. I can't sleep. I got to go do something. And that's what drives him in the mornings. Like he'll wake up at 3 a.m. with that hunger to go get out there and fight again. You know, uh, it's only six o'clock on the East Coast, but he's already up and he's after it. Um, you were sharing a little bit about, you know, finance is finance. It does what it does. It is what it is. Um, you really don't. You really don't have to take a whole day to do it. Which one of the other reasons why I need to leave my license hanging again. <laughs> but that's kind of the, that stuff's kind of not inconsequential, but it basically feeds the drive that you're after. Does that does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how every dollar I make in finance is a dollar I, uh, lend to, uh, Iowa legendary rye almost in perfect cadence. You know, I have a great month. They have a great need. I have a slow month. They don't have so much need. Wow. Whatever it is. I mean, I, I think uh, Jerry Seinfeld in Seinfeld kind of made a joke out of, he's not, he doesn't worry about losing 20 cause he knows he'll find it later. That's been my finance versus liquor. I call it liquor and loans. That's been my liquor and loans experiences. Every dollar I need is a dollar I earn and it's almost in perfect cadence. Which I find ironic. I'd still say it's my grandmother, you know, poking me in the ass, you know, oh. me to, you know, go, never giving me too much, but always giving me enough. And uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's, it's uncanny. Yeah, absolutely. Uncanny. I mean, I, I watched it happen. I mean, we, we had, we had times you call me up and, hey, guess what just happened? And I, I just completely astounded every time that those coincidences would happen. I mean, we talk about it, you know, it's like, yeah, this is my life. This is what happens. This is who I just met. This is who I just talked to. This is what just happened, you know, back at the distillery. This is what's going on here. Um, the, the deals that were going on in and around everything. And it was like, and I, either you are subconsciously really good at manifesting shit, which I can absolutely see as possible. <laughs> um, or, or there's, or there really is, you know, we both have our beliefs. And I'm one of those that's like, look, I know he loves me more than my mom did. Somebody out there does. Because yeah. they're, they're constantly pushing for good things to happen. And they've been happening. And albeit the journey is long and slow. We had that conversation a few times. Yeah. Uh, but things have been building. I mean, we have a cocktail now with somebody that um, we were introduced to, I think over four years ago now was when we first uh, heard about uh, Tony. Yeah. Um, and and now, now now you're going to the TAG Awards, which is, a pers- but for anybody that understands the industry, they'll recognize some of these names when, when he brings them up. For those of you that don't, um, to get an award period in, in the spirits world is not easy. I mean, you really gotta stand out in order to even be considered. And, and yeah. especially if you're a small brand. Yeah. You know, the big brands can buy it. You know, the big brands can sponsor the, the, the you know, and that does happen. I mean, you know, I know in this uh, in this uh, layout, you like to talk about trials and tribulations. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the liquor business, the liquor business has as much trials and tribulations of any business model I've ever run across, bar none. And God knows I've seen some business models. But you talk about money. You know, you're not talking about million dollar games. You're talking about billion dollar games. Well, we're talking, you, already have, you already have a challenge with the fact that it's a three-tier system. Correct. Already yeah. the first challenge. Well, and then each state's tier is different. You know, you think you have some that are some that are private. It's, and that drives, that, that drove us back. Oh, you know, I was just I was just laughing about that with um with the, the wife of George who passed at the Las Vegas distillery. I was just talking to her yesterday because I stopped in and was kind of poking around the Las Vegas distillery. And she was telling me about how I believe and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was George, correct? What is his name? Yes, I wasn't. Yeah, but when George passed and I, I was so it's oh, it just breaks my heart to because you know, George wrote the rules. 
in Nevada. He helped change a lot here for the better. Yeah, really good. You know what? That's a good way to put it. George actually changed the rules for craft brands for the better. You know, he helped the mom museum put the stills in the mom museum. Yep. He uh, did the same for. I lose track of it, but um, but um, the the Ruvo family wrote the rules for Nevada. Yes, they did. And you know that Southern Glaciers. You know they are one of the distributors. You know when the distributor gets to write the law. I can assure you that the distributor will have the power in that state. Yep. Because they wrote the rules. And Nevada, for example, is a franchise state, which means once you've sold so many cases, so much volume, your brand is owned by the distributor. And you have to be traded like a trading chip. You can't just leave. Yeah. And so when people talk about trials and tribulations, so now take that rulemaking process and change it across 50 states. Every state is different and written differently. Yep. And then you get the federal laws overlaid on those laws. And then you're a small craft distillery trying to navigate the laws, the rules, the regulations of every single state and the national rules and be competitive in some way with a budget that's one one thousandth of what these places can throw at the rules and regulations and let's just say bending the rules and regulations to your constantly constantly yeah it's not a federal never-ending change in the rules with unlimited budgets unlimited law money un unlimited uh how do we say this uh Resources, basically. Campaign contributions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's included in resources. <laughs> yeah. And then that's what you're up against. Well, you can have the best product on the planet. You can really have a product that stands up well above everybody else's. And you go to these awards and win nothing because you didn't sponsor it. You didn't uh, uh, meet the right people. You, and so to win awards like we have with just a little hole in the wall distillery in Iowa, that's legit, man. I was, I, that was one of the that was one of the joys of because before I met you, I met George when they first opened. Um, George and I were really good friends. Um, when I heard he passed, I was I only knew him. I didn't know his family very well. I saw him here and there. Uh, and then of course, there's um, Seth is still over there running things. I think is that correct? Yeah. Again. Seth is this, I think the kid's name. The one that's running. I didn't get to meet anyone other than the wife, and um, um, I feel for her because you know even though George made some huge moves and made some great products and so on, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And yeah. they were they were working hard, obviously, with both of them on the map. Yeah. And now, you know, it makes me think, you know, God forbid I left what I've got going to Laura. Well, yeah. And honestly, yeah. it would be just so tough because it's such an uphill fight. And just because you're good, just because you're better, just because you're exceptional, just because everybody who tastes your product says, wow, because that's what I go through. You know, I go through a tasting event a week, personally, and for no money. In fact, I pay to do them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When everybody tries your product, and you've been at Michael. You know we've done events. Yes, we have. People are like, wow, oh man, whoa, hey, oh, no one, no one can believe how good this juice is. No one can. I mean, it, and it's it's one of the coolest things to witness because you watch like the least field that we were at. Um, everybody else is all walking around tasting wines and other spirits and everything. No reaction is like what we were getting. Like people stand there and taste them. Oh, that's pretty good. And they come over to us and they're like, where is this from? You know, we start getting that question. We start getting it, and literally, this the story gets to be shared. People are loving it, and then all of a sudden the crowd just comes in, and we're sitting there trying to figure out how to sample everybody, and who's gotten and who hasn't gotten, because you know there's that one guy in the back going, hey, one more, one more. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, taking, taking pictures of the bottles, and bringing their whole okay. buddy, yeah. you know, but here's the thing, Michael, that's not enough. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the enough. crazy part. It just, there's so much more that has to happen, and we, we were talking about this, too, when we were discussing um, another major liquor brand one day, uh, the tipping point. Yeah. Where is the tipping point where marketing versus windfall profits come in, and how much has to be? invested in order for that to actually happen. And it doesn't really seem like a, a fair ROI, especially for the little guys. Because it's like, we're the first generation. Yeah. You know, that's the thing is, people don't realize that some of these brands are multi-generations. They've been handed down from generation to generation to generation. I actually had a vodka brand guy who, and I won't name them, I try not to name names because I don't want, you know, I mean, if they want to bring themselves out, they can tell you. But I had a guy who was ninth generation vodka that laughed at me when I told him I was first generation. He's like, I say, says, what generation are you of your brand? I'm like, I'm first generation. He's like, <laughs> he says, you're going to do all the work and get no money. He's like, that's your generation. He says, I'm ninth generation. I get all the money and no work. And that's, that's the tragedy. I mean, so, you know, you sit there and you hear stuff like that and, and, you know, you, you look at your existence, you question your, you question your, your compass. Yeah. You know? And again, especially when you're successful in another field to the point where I could be golfing every day. I could right. take trips. I could, I could do anything I want, but no, I'm the son of a bootlegger who's got a passion and who refuses to stay down because I believe that my family's history has been stolen and I'm not willing to stand for it. Not willing to stand for it. And that gets me up every day. And I hope the people that stole my story hear this because I'm coming for them. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much influence you have. I have the history. 
and you can't change that. It's like telling somebody's story, fish story, and then the guy who caught the fish walks in the front of the front of the bar. You better get out the back door because you've been lying. Yeah. So you know, that's what gets me. Up. Yeah, I'm crazy, and yeah, it's be you know, some people could call me just plain dumb because I got I could have it made. Yeah. I refuse to accept that. I absolutely refuse to accept that, buddy. Well, you're, you're, you've, you've taken you've taken resources that could be used for what, what the Catholics might consider not so righteous, um, and you're and you're putting it into a superiorly righteous um, purpose. I mean, you're you're reclaiming what's rightfully yours. One, you're correcting a lie, which is two, um, and, and these are all things that are in the, the righteous side of life, if you will. For those who you know are that devout, I, I get it. Biggest thing though is that you've taken you've taken on a, a real mission. You've taken on a real uh, value of yours and family. Uh, and and you're you're going after it. Nobody can fault you for that, which is really awesome. Um, the inspiration of it's not so much about the the, the brand; it's the reclamation, correct, of, of life. It's so, not about the money. No, nope. it's not about the brand. It's about setting things right. Yeah, and that and that in and of itself is a is a is a you know when you question that compass, it's like it's the moral compass that's driving. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, there's a lot of people out in the, the self development world that will go, he gets it before anybody that I've ever taught. Because that's really what it's supposed to be about. If, if your morals and values are what drive you, you're going to find success. It may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, it may not happen in a couple of years, but it's going to happen. And whatever that becomes, you'll see the fruits of. So while my generation man starts is laughing at you, he doesn't realize you, you might be getting all that, but you have no real value in it. Yeah. You have nothing invested, so to speak. You're just handed shit. That does, that does nothing for guys like us that know better. Um, yes. We've all been there and done that. No, and that's well said, Michael. It's really, that's very well said. It, whatever anyone, you know, my advice to anyone who uh, seeks passion in their life or seeks drive or seeks purpose, is find something that your spirit can get behind. You know, find it's not about money. It, it's not. I, it try, I meet a lot of really rich people that are miserable. Seriously, <laughs> I, I, it's sad because yeah. you look at them and you're like, how can you be miserable? Yeah, you got all, you got everything. Yeah, but I'm not really fulfilled. Co correct. And so I always anybody who comes to me because I try to mentor young people. I hire young people. I do, a, for lack of a better description, a come to Jesus speech with my team that you know works for the company they don't work for me but i do come to jesus conversations regularly with very young men you know um women also but they're all 30 somethings yeah 20 somethings and i only wish that people would have done that for me when i was that age because i really didn't get started until my 40s you know with passion i have a passion project and it's what keeps you getting after 40 and after 50 you know now at 55 i where many of my friends are looking at retirement you know, actively super excited about looking at retirement. I wouldn't consider retiring if you gave me a billion dollars. I would not consider because I got passion. Yeah. And you can't price passion. Yeah. And I have a passion project. And I got an axe to grind. And there's nothing worse than an axe to grind with a stubborn German that was raised that way. <laughs> I'm coming. And I'm uh, in a good way. In a good way. In a good I know. Way. It's, it's, it's all good. It's, it's funny that you say that because obviously, you know, I'm half German. My mom was stubborn. My grandmother was apparently very stubborn. And they were a farming family back in, back in Germany. And it's, so when I hear these things, when people say stuff like that, it's like, sometimes I wonder just exactly how good the stubbornness is for us in certain things, because it can be both a positive and a not so positive, but you found a positive. You're, you're, you found it, it's not stubbornness, it's the passion. The why is driving the passion. The passion is going to drive the story, and the story is going to have a hell of an ending, I think. Um, I can't see it not having a hell of an ending. You've got great people working with you. You've got an alchemist, in my opinion, who's just coming up with all kinds of new shit all the time. Um, guys, that's Whiskey Richards, who, who uh, I'm talking about. Um, one of the coolest dudes you'll ever meet. Um, Jolly old soul, really. He's an enigma. He really is. Is he? I just that guy. You know, you talk about a story. You know, I tell his story. You know, Whiskey Rich has taught me to use the word allegedly a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't keep using that word. But I'm, I'm gonna talk about a guy who's got a story. That guy's lucky to be on the planet, considering you know, his history. Yeah, I mean, I'll just tell you, he put over. I mean, by his own account, he's put over a quarter of a million miles on a hardtail Harley, traveling North America. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. For that guy to be around, making my grandma's recipe, and mentioning her on a website. And he's just a genius, man. You know, yes. the guy who starts the conversation, well, I'm not that smart, but, and then, you know, and it's like, I've told him like four or five times, Rich, quit starting conversations like that because I know better. You're probably one of the smartest guys in the room. You know, he invents things all the time. You know, yes. like, you know, we need something to do this, 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 and this. And so, for example, Patriot, our yeah. rye proof, 121.1, yeah. 100% rye, blows people away. You've been at the shows. You know, we entered that in. We converted scotch drinkers with that. I mean, come on, that, that thing is so, the thing about Patriot that I enjoy so much, I mean, the first time you brought it in, you had a, you had an idea of what it was going to be. Uh, in fact, we were first sampling that we did was over at Southern. We had brought it in. You didn't even have it labeled yet. It wasn't even ready to go. Correct. And, and the thing that killed or blew my mind was like it was like a scotch, but it's a rye. It was hot in your mouth, but the moment you actually drank it, it was there was no hot. It was just warm, and it didn't burn any. Because I'm used to I'm used to choking on scotch if I swallow it too quickly. 
Yeah. And it just it didn't happen. And then we started doing it when we finally did bring it in. We started taking it out. I had sample it, samples, we do events and stuff, and everybody's just like, this is how much? 121. Are you sure? I mean, pe- people don't, people are so used to taking the shot in the throat, yeah. but when they try the Patriot, it's just like, what happened? Where is it? Yeah. And, then the, and then this starts happening, and they go, yeah. Oh, like <laughs> yeah, the glowing on the forehead is something that I've never experienced with another liquor product. It's Thanks. just literally yeah. the forehead glows. You almost feel like your third eye or something coming out. It's, it's a shot opener. Be careful. I'm sure people are like, oh, this guy's full of crap, but trust me. Uh, hey, that's, that's, a, that's a new marketing campaign, brother. I would say yeah. have somebody get out to the... Uh, to that world of those people, the, the healers and stuff, and say, hey, you want to open that chakra up a little faster? Yeah, I'm telling you. But uh, so, you know, just the fact that Whiskey Rich came up with that and how he came up with it, you know what? Everything that comes out seems to be a mistake that you turn into, uh, you know, an innovation. Yeah. You know, Patriot was born out of a mistake that turned into an innovation. And when I tell other distilleries how we do it, they're always, like everything we do, they're like, that's impossible. What you're yeah. saying is a lie or it's impossible. It's like, no, we can run a, a, a completely aged barrel through our proprietary stills. And unlike your stills that are like chainsaws, yeah. our stills are like scalpels. So we can cut the color and leave the flavor, put it back in a barrel and get two variations of flavor and get a, a flavor profile that has depth and mouthfeel like nothing you've experienced. When I tell them that, they're like, you're full of shit. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's go to a show and I will pour this 121.1. I'll pour it all night and you watch the facial expressions. People are like, wow. Yeah, yeah. We never, never had anything like that. Yep. So, you know, again, coming from a little old barn, from a little old lady that made bread. Yeah. We use bread baker's yeast. Nobody does that. Yeah. You know, we use sugar. Very okay. unusual. I actually noticed that at the Las Vegas facility, they have a thing called rumsky. Yeah. Like, That's kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. Sugar and rye. And, you know, everybody's like, well, you're not a whiskey. And it's like, well, by the TTB standards, I am. You know, we certainly ran that through. But... What am I supposed to do? Change the recipe that made the town of Templeton famous? Hell no. I can do that. Hell no. So it's, it's definitely paving your own road, creating your own product, and being sure enough that it's, it's unique enough and it's special enough to where you don't have to change a darn thing. Just cut your path, tell the truth, and lean into the fact that you make something that nobody else can make. Even if they knew what we did, they couldn't make it. There's value there, Michael. There's insane value there. Guys, we're going to take one more 30-second break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the different products. We'll go through it. Uh, and then, where, of course, where you can find our legendary ride, it is, there is a .com. All the links are always below. You guys know that. Um, and, and then how to find Heath if you ever want to ask him a question. Uh, give us about 30 seconds. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. Back here, Job Chat, hanging out with Heath Schneider, grandson of the famous bootlegger of Carroll County, Iowa. Um, also, huge promoter of a brand called Iowa Legendary Ride, which we've been talking about for most of the, most of the podcast. And... I did have the opportunity to work with them for a while. We had some, we had some good times. We really did. We, we did some interesting things in the time that I did work with them. Uh, and they're still building. They're still growing. They're still going, uh, which I'm really thankful for. Because, uh, again, it's like, all I drink now. <laughs> that and cognac is about the only two things I'll ever hit. So it is, it is a brand that if you haven't had the chance to try, um, want to go real quick through the, the different labels. And what people can expect to taste as a flavor profile. Uh, and then we can talk about where to find that, where to find Heath, because Heath's story is definitely something that you um, you can ch- you can sink some meat hooks into as far as figuring out the why and seeing what it does to somebody. I mean, it really does matter. So um, there's four expressions still at five. this point. There's five. Oh, yes. How can I forget the vodka? Oh, my gosh. Um yeah, guys, okay, so I'm going to start with the vodka only because of what, hap- what has happened at the times that I was at tastings and because it's personal experience when I did tastings for our legendary ride. Um, literally had Russians come up and said, here, would you like to try some rye vodka? And they snicker a little bit or scoff a little bit because they're like the masters of it back in Russia. They, they make it in their own backyards. And I can remember two or three different times a Russian would come up, they'd smell it as take a drink and they'd look up and this is this is classic russian take a sip think for a second look at the bottle grab the bottle off the table and walk over to the kitchen and just stir. <laughs> i'm looking at him going i guess i need another bottle i could walk out and go <laughs> but it's 100 rye vodka 100 rye vodka it's the one it's the one uh it's the one guy said my mom makes rye vodka like this how did you figure this out and i would explain you know the process and he's like 
okay, I understand. And then he would grab the bottle and he walked. And I was just like, we need to get out the Russian community. What the hell? You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> plus, plus we're cheaper than the, it's of quality or better, like the big brands that mass produce their stuff, but cheaper. Yeah, the, 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 you know what I like about the vodka is it's got a sweetness to it from the rye. Mm -hmm. We use a stereo rye, not your typical uh, rye for yeah. liquor. Yeah. And we get it nice and plump, and it's grown in what I believe to be the best topsoil on the planet. It's Wisconsin glacier soil that was dragged down to all places. Carroll County, Iowa is about right where the glacier stopped. Yeah. And all this deep dark black rich topsoil from you know northern north america put it right in my grandparents backyard and we grow it right so sweet and soft and just my biggest complaint with vodka is it smells and tastes like nail polish remover typically and i you know that no yeah, nobody it does it's horrible stuff yeah no i'm not a drinker so don't get me wrong you know i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that just scoff at me saying that but remember this coming from a person who doesn't typically drink who doesn't enjoy most liquor. Uh, in fact, I only drink what we make and that's because it's the only thing I like. I, if I, you could put me on a lie detector test, I would, I would test truth on that statement. But like you say, I can, I, can, I can vouch for this because I've, I've, I've seen your expression when there's anything else other than what we have, you're just like, that's nice. I've tried. Yes. No, I, I have. I've tried. I go to distilleries all the time and, you know, you, you go through the process of, well, you try mine and I'll try yours. You don't want to be disrespectful. So right. you know, I exactly. go try other people's stuff and you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be. All right. let, let, let's put it this way. The times that we went out and we did try other people's stuff, because we have, it, it's the conversations after we've left that had me laughing. I almost did an instant headache. From, well, seriously, I'm not or, kidding you. Or the, other, or the other side of it, which is Whiskey Rich's uh, uh, opinion of anybody else's stuff, it's weasel piss. Yeah. No, I mean, I got to tell you, if you had me on a lie detector, I'd be straight uh, across. Yeah, I, 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 I can well vouch for I that. I would like to do a lie detector for people just so that, because I'm sure they're like, oh, this guy's just selling me a line of bullshit. It's like, no, I'm serious. I What we make is exceptional. Um, it's a little over... The, you know, I would say it's 20% more than most products cost. Like, you know, you can get a bottle of Tito's for 20 bucks. Ours is 29. Yeah, so yeah, you're going to spend $9. Tito's is ether, dude. $9 15 servings of less pain. You yeah, know, well, and, and much more and much more enjoyment because Tito's yeah. is literally, I, re, I don't know if you know this. I, th I, th I think I shared it with you. When Tito's didn't have their big distillery, Las Vegas distillery used to fill those big plastic cubes with shine and send it off to Tito's for them to process and bottle. So essentially, Tito's, Tito's and, and sorry, Tito's, I'm sure you guys are going to be mad at me for saying this, but I don't like your stuff. I, I've tried it. Well, they source it. You know, they source it. Uh, I know they source it again. Uh, cheap makes a great, cheap makes a great drink. Hey, no if you like, if you like vodka that, that is, um, non-offensive you know as non-offensive as any vodka out there tito's because they distill it six times and let's keep in mind the purpose of distilling is to beat the flavor just completely beat the flavor out of it 100 i mean your goal as a vodka is to create a non-taste alcohol you can put behind juice and get yep. drunk yeah i mean let's just be honest that's not the vodka i make that's not the vodka I make. I make a vodka you can enjoy. You can put it on the rocks and enjoy the sweetness. You can enjoy the softness. You can enjoy the mouthfeel. It adheres really well to juice. Now, for some people, that's not worth $10 extra per bottle. For me, I couldn't consider anything else because Same. you got 15 drinks in a bottle, 15, 50 mLs. Yep. You know, that's another plain bottle size. So you got 15 servings divided by $9. So you're going to tell me that you want to save 40 cents per drink to taste something that has a nail polish remover smell and taste and potentially will make you feel like garbage for the next two days. I don't understand that. I, I, <laughs> I don't uh, understand. 
So, so because, of the, because I talk to a lot of younger, younger generations, they sit there and go, it's all about the budget. I'm like, but you're losing money, guys, because you're sick the next couple of days having to get that out of your system versus just enjoy yeah. it and feel good. And, and then I've, I've shared ILR with them, and they just look at me, they're like, I see what you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is something that would much better serve you as a consistent, you know, drink, whether you use it as a mixture or straight. Um, well, I'm coming from Iowa. Um, I can tell you, I can buy a gallon of ethanol. You know, ethanol, the stuff you add to gas. Well, that's where most vodka comes from, in case you yeah. don't know. The yeah. ethanol plants in Iowa sell a gallon of ethanol for $1.59 a gallon. Jeez. And that's 190 proof, and it's used to run your car. So then you just take that and you distill it and distill it and distill it and distill it until you've beaten the the death out of it. You know, literally beaten the 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 bad chemistry out of it. Right. It's still ethanol. It's still ethanol. So you know, do the math. A dollar fifty nine for a hundred and ninety proof gallon of clear liquid. I beat the holy hell out of it. Let's say I get. Uh, and and uh, eight tenths of a gallon. Let's say I get uh, four fifths of a gallon. Okay, well that's still four seven fifty bottles that I'm in forty cents a bottle for the juice, and they sell it to you for twenty dollars. And you consider that good value? Yeah. Well, that's a vodka business, Michael. That's that that sounds that sounds about right from our discussions. I remember having a similar conversation like that before. So yeah, plus glass plus label. Still, that's the vodka business. That's not my vodka business. No, nope. it's not my luxury rye vodka business, but that's their vodka business. So the 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 way I remember describing the rye vodka was it's it's pretty much the same flavoring as the white label. Because the white is basically everything that it based it's based, every all the, all the other flavors are based off the white is, is what I remember. Yeah, the recipe is the same throughout our five expressions. That's the number one thing for everybody to take away from this is the recipe never changes. Our expressions are just different still play and different barrel play. That's it. How do we use the still? How do we use the barrel? So the vodka is has to be cooked at a higher proof. You have to cook yeah. vodka at 165 yeah. proof, I believe, or greater. And then we just got to water it down to 80. But we use the same recipe that we use for our white, black, red, and Patriot for the vodka. We just have to double distill it. We actually distill twice to get to the proper cooked alcohol by, uh, by volume type. And then we just water it. But it's still just soft and sweet and got beautiful mouthfeel. And um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I, I'd rather drink it without ice. And again, I'm one of those harder... I like the harder flavors, but that is not a hard flavor. I don't need ice in it. In fact, I my palate loses flavor with ice. Yeah. Um, so I, I won't do it to any of the expressions. I just pour it in a glass and sit down and just you know start sipping. What can people expect as far as the flavors? Let's let's run through that real quick because we're we're just about at the end here. What can people expect out of the each flavors on the main four from white to patriot? So on the white, you're gonna get a floral. You're going to get a floral scent and a sweet uh, taste. And it, it, as you know, it makes, in my opinion, the best Bloody Mary oh, yeah. lemonade. Yep. You know, the white is like having a vodka that actually has more flavor. Our vodka is the same as the white, only a little less flavor. So if you prefer yeah. your liquors to have less flavor, you go with vodka. A little more soft, sweet flavor, you go with white. Obviously, the black label is new barrel, so yeah. it's a little smokier. Perfect in an old-fashioned. I still say we make the best old-fashioned on the planet. I challenge any liquor type to an old-fashioned head-to-head. I'll bet you anything we come out as the superior. We've got a furrier in Omaha that says the billionaires that come in to buy their wife's furs say it's the best old-fashioned they've ever had and can't make it with any other liquor than our black label. Nice. I love the black label for that. Our red label is a used barrel or a mature barrel. Uh, unlike many distilleries, we use our barrels four to five times. The reason we do that is we get deeper into the cellulose of the, of the barrel. We get away from the smokiness that was taken out by the first time it was used, creating black label. 
and we get into soft, sweet, a uh, little more vanilla, a little more cherry. And you can get through a bottle of Red Label, the whole bottle accidentally, because it does not wear on your tongue. It does not wear on your throat. It, it's just a very friendly, neat product. And then lastly, Patriot, which is double distilled, double barreled. We talked about that earlier. Uh, no one can double distill a liquor. And after you've distilled it the second time, it still has the flavor of a barrel, but it's clear in color. I actually can, uh, I being Iowa legendary rye, not me personally. Sure. And what's cool is we take a bottle of black. We actually take three barrels of black to create one barrel of Patriot. Wow. It takes that much wow. when we distill it. But those three barrels turn into a clear liquid that has a barrel flavor to it. And we put it back in a barrel and we get just a thick, syrupy soft high proof kick you in the head and head beautiful, neck kind there's, of some, there's some beautiful chocolate. earth tones that come out of that i've i've got some dark chocolate out of it here and there and this is you know the yeah we've heard from a couple of whiskey songs that have sat there and went we don't know how you did it holy shit where do i get it that kind of thing yeah um yeah it's a real it's a real beautiful flavor for for those that know that i like cigars i'll sit down with okay. patriot cigars uh all day not a cheap bottle you no, know not a cheap bottle it's, it's super expensive. work i'll tell you what pound for pound dollar for dollar it's like a corvette which is which oh. is basically the best yeah. uh, again the best sports car you can buy for the dollar yeah still out on the road today well i'll tell you this i'll put it up against uncle nearest booker t's or any other high proof no questions asked, uh, tastes better, feels better, uh, better mouth feel, better aftertaste. I, I, you know, they serve it in the Aria High Rollers suite. There you go. That's you know, what I'm talking about. You know, last I checked at Caesar's Palace at the uh, cigar bar, you know, they, 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 they served in the speakeasies it served, there's nothing like it. And I can say that's true of our whole line. I mean, our line goes from 1995 up to 199.95. Take solace in the fact that it's all the same recipe. It's just how long did it take us to get to it? How many steps did we have to take? How many barrels did we need to use? You know, that's how we set our prices. But you, I can assure you this, you try our product from the 19 to the 199, you will not be disappointed. It is like nothing you've had. And I believe that with all my heart. I'm betting my entire life on it. That's what yeah. I say. Yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah, you are. I've seen it. I've, I've had them all. I love them all. They're, they're, guys, I know I sound biased. I'm an island boy. I'm supposed to be a beer drinking fool. <laughs> I don't, I had one, I, I stopped drinking beer years ago because it just didn't make me feel good. I tried this and I was just like, oh, here we go. I, I found what I'm looking for. How can people, uh, other than the web, web website, which we mentioned, which is iowalegendaryride.com, links down below in the comments. If somebody wanted to, to find you, where can they find you? So um, we're in 22 states physically, 44 states e-commerce. If somebody wants to find you to talk to you, maybe have you oh, share me. a story again. Yeah. 702-278-5000 uh, is my personal cellular. Uh, I text. I, uh, best way to find me is text me so I can schedule some time to chat with you if you want. Um, I got no problem talking to anyone. And, um, obviously you find our products at iowalegendaryride.com or sextros.com, which is my grandmother's last name. We market under sextros in some states that have a problem with the word Iowa and we do Iowa everywhere else. But, um, between sextros.com and iowalegendaryride.com, you can find us and you can find me on my cell. Pretty much, you know me, Michael, yeah. seven days a week, yeah. 65 days a year. Uh, I got some really fun stuff coming. You think I, you think I, you think what I've told you so far is funny. You should hear what I'm going to do in the town of Templeton next. We, we will, we will be talking soon because I remember there was an acquisition that happened in Templeton and I'm very excited to hear the rest of that story. So, um, I'm get a kick out of this one. This is just over the top, buddy. This is, I, this is uh, just, very, this is just mean. It's just mean. <laughs> but it's mean in the right way. I Perfect. I'll, I'll definitely look. Listen, we'll have you back because uh, as things progress, we definitely want to keep in touch with with uh, the story of Iowa Legendary Ryan, its progression and, and its reclamation. 
Um, so make sure that you guys keep an eye out. There'll be a there'll be another one sitting here with Heath again uh, as soon as we hear the next phase is is up and done. We'll we'll bring him back. And we'll have him again. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out, Heath. Thank you, brother, for coming and sharing. And there's a lot more. I, I would love to sit here for a couple hours. Um, unfortunately, our, our listeners can only hang in so long because probably about to walk into their office or get on the next call. Um, so thank you. Appreciate you, brother. You well, brother. It's good seeing you, Michael. Thank you. Uh, guys, for those of you that are watching on YouTube, don't forget there's a subscribe button down there with a bell next to it. Hit that bell so you can hear when we get more cool stuff like this. Listening on uh, on any of the podcast channels, make sure you download or subscribe. Write us a review. Let us know how we're doing. You're great. You suck. I don't care. Something. Please, just tell us. Um, biggest one, make sure you share this with somebody. Everyone's story has some kind of inspiration for someone. Someone's going to click for somebody and they're going to go, oh, shit, that's it. Cool. Right on. Send it out. Let them, let them know what's going on. Share a Java chat with them. Thank you very much. Love each other. Take care of each other. Stay up. Stay safe. Stay healthy and live. Myself, Coffee with Mike, and for Heath Schneider, ciao for now. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.